1: Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to the High Speed Stuff Podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the automotive editor here at HowStuffWorks.com.
0: And my name is Ben Bolin. I uh, hang out with Scott and I write some videos for the same website. Scott, what's uh, what's going on today?
1: Oh, I'll tell you what's going on. There's so much news right now about automotive recalls mm-hmm. that I think it's, it's of importance that we at least speak about it, um, not, maybe not in specifics, but let's just kind of let everybody know what a recall really is, because I think a lot of people still don't quite understand the whole process, procedure behind mm-hmm. what happens, mm-hmm. and uh, it's a bit confusing. I mean, how does how does it all work? And, yeah. and we've got that information right here on our site, so let's spread it around.
0: Let's jump into it, dude, yeah. because, you know, what what is our website about, if not how things work? Huh? Exactly, exactly. Um, how, how stuff goes. How stuff goes. <laughs> yeah, no, how stuff, how stuff works has got
1: really, we've got a ton of just... Yeah. Um, like just your basic automotive information and mm. and recalls just happens to be one of the things we've got so uh, you know why not why not bring it to the
0: forefront right now and let's go ahead and say this is actually based off an article that you wrote uh, yes, this is a deuce original <laughs> that's right, right. Do- uh, yeah that's right deuce they make original. you they make you put Scott Benjamin in the byline though they, they do let- but
1: I, I tried to slip the deuce through there but uh, it didn't work uh, it didn't work now they catch it every time
0: they catch it every single time we every always time. do that so uh, All right, yeah, let's start there. For the first thing, what exactly is an automotive recall?
1: Well, simply, I guess in the most simple of terms, uh, it's when the manufacturer decides that there's something that could pose a risk Mm. to the, the, uh, the car buying public. We're talking about automotive recalls, so let's just stick with cars here, because there's all types of recalls. There's food recalls and uh, product recalls, that yeah. you know, batteries, etc. But if a, if a manufacturer decides that the product can somehow pose a risk or, or threat of risk, or some, somehow property damage maybe would mm-hmm. happen, um, they decide that they're going to bring every vehicle that they've produced that that falls within those parameters that they've just deemed to be um, of, of danger. Bring it back in and repair it at no cost to the consumer
0: and let 's be let 's also draw a bright line here between different types of recalls because they're safety recalls, and those are the ones that I think attract a lot of the stigma they 're the ones that car companies want to avoid the most
1: exactly yeah there's safety recalls like the ones that we've seen recently in the sure. news um with toyota and the sudden acceleration mm-hmm. uh there have been safety recalls on tires in the past with uh with um
0: the ford explorers exactly or the, the, the ford incidents. line really
1: and there were other there have been other um sudden acceleration yeah. claims made but that was so, audi yeah that, oh yeah that's right that was audi uh that was a long time ago mm-hmm. um but it it's something that we're seeing an awful lot of now, and I think that people just need to get a, a general understanding of, of what it's all about. And, and these safety recalls are probably the, the uh, I guess they're the ones that get all the the media attention.
0: Right, right. Um,
1: there are a lot of other recalls that aren't necessarily safety, uh, right. safety-driven. safety And the ones that aren't safety-driven, and I'm, I'm not sure about all of these, Ben, but um, there's a lot of, these are different. This is totally different, so understand that before I say it. But there are uh, technical service bulletins. And technical service bulletins go to the service personnel. That you know, if you have a vehicle that comes in with, um, you know, between this certain year, this this yeah. maybe look for this VIN number. Um, you may want to replace the uh, I don't know the like seat, the,
0: the spark plug connectors. Yeah, or exactly.
1: Or you may you may yeah exactly something like that. That that's not of critical nature, but something that's important. Um, and they will do that at no cost to the consumer again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the the main you know point behind this is that the consumer doesn't pay anything for the recall to right. to happen really right. the manufacturer takes a hit on all sides really they they have to yeah. pay for the the um i guess the engineering of the product mm-hmm. that they have to replace um, does that make sense? The, yeah, the they have that... to
0: pay for the fix, the solution. Exactly. They have to pay for that have... in terms of material and design. Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I was getting at, the design yeah. of the part,
1: because um, they have to come up with something that's a, a a reasonable solution to what's already out there. Right. And to prevent that. So um, they, have to, they have to do that. They have to pay for... Um, Not well. The production of the parts,
0: if necessary, they have to communicate too. That's a big
1: expense. Oh, communication is huge expense, bigger than you would know. I mean, just to send out a letter to everybody that owns a certain make and model of vehicle. Sure, I can't imagine the costs involved in that. It's got to be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, if not approaching a million dollars, depending Mm -hmm. on how much you know how many vehicles this affects. And then there's also the service fee, um, or rather the the labor cost, I should say, involved. Right. And that that's very expensive because what is a? I mean, of course it's the manufacturer really billing against itself. You know, the the dealership billing against the manufacturer yeah. for the labor hours, because uh, they have to pay their their dealership employees, but they're being charged for the labor. Mm-hmm. So the manufacturer pays for these, uh, you know, the uh, the skilled labor to repair whatever the the component is and that may be that may be taking a transmission out right it may be you know taking it out and replacing it yeah which would take maybe a day or two um, which is hefty labor
0: cost sure. and part cost when you multiply that by hundreds of thousands yeah if, if, not, not, mi- millions. if not millions millions <laughs> yeah. yeah
1: this could break a company really um, yeah but the other thing is that it could be just a, a you know a misplaced washer or a washer that wasn't in place that should have been a spacer or something. Sure. Kind. Yeah. And uh, you know the, the fees, uh, the cost comes way down. It's still a logistic nightmare to get everybody in to get it repaired to make sure it's been done right. But um, there's different. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. degrees of this type of thing happening.
0: So what we're talking about specifically today is uh, automotive re- recalls for safety mainly, right? Yes. Yeah. And then. Uh, one thing that you can probably tell from the way Scott and I are talking about this is, uh, Scott, this is this is bad medicine for car companies. This is like castor oil, right? Yeah, it's, it's
1: bad news. They, they don't want to.
0: Yeah, they don't want to. They want to avoid it at all costs, which is why there's so much work that goes into the R&D of a car, which, you know, is maybe why a couple of concept cars haven't made it to production. Uh, likely. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, you know, we love that Jetsons look, but should we put it on the road? And then, um, of course, since this is not this is not good publicity for a lot of car companies, and as you said, it can break a car company, it's really interesting to me that there's such a there there is such a stigma I think that's the word I used earlier attached to it you know if if for instance Kellogg's had to recall um a product line or you know another food thing like jack in the box had yeah. had some uh, scares before mm-hmm. um they continue going and it really is different when you get into the, the vehicle industry because we put our lives in the, you know, not to make it too dramatic, but we do put our, our lives and our livelihoods inside these vehicles. Well,
1: You make a good point yeah. that recalls from one aspect are, are good. They're yeah. good for consumers, of course, because that's somebody catching a mistake that, that could potentially be, you know, hazardous mm-hmm. to them. Um, the, the second thing is that it depends on how it's, it's spun really. And yes. if a manufacturer were to take a, a recall situation and say, "Hey, we're taking the uh, we're taking the initiative here. We're taking uh, the, the um, I guess not the not the easiest way out, but uh, the, mm-hmm. the best way out for you. We're being proactive. Exactly, we're being proactive about this instead of reactive. Um, that is." That's actually really good that they're that they're conscious about that and they've under, they've understand or they understand that it doesn't meet federal safety standards.
0: Yeah, that's and, true. And
1: um, so, as it turns out, Ben, most manufacturers do come forward with recall safety recalls on their own. Yes, most do not have to have um, the NHTSA well um, give them like a little bit of extra push,
0: a little nudge to say, "You better do this, otherwise we're going to take you to court." That would be the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. right. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. just filling in <laughs> yeah. on <our> guys here <laughs> Sorry. because yeah. uh, because this this organization, this agency, what they can do is they're supposed to monitor uh, safety recalls, make sure that manufacturers provide owners with safe, free, and effective remedies according to uh, the Safety Act and other federal regulations. Um, however, this is interesting. They are not allowed to force a safety recall for an auto manufacturer. They'll Uh, recommend it, but usually by the time it gets to this level, the manufacturer already knows about it. And just like you said, Scott, what's the worst thing that could happen? The worst thing that happened would be for the federal government to say something before the manufacturer Yeah, exactly,
1: and that's where this... I, this this balance comes in. Does Definitely. the manufacturer take the proactive step and and do it themselves? Do they wait for the NHTSA to, to mention to them, hey maybe you better do this, mm-hmm. or do they do they outright resist and then have the federal government step in and say? You have to do this, and what does that look like to the consumers? Yeah. I mean, that looks pretty bad. So, um, there's a few different angles they can take right. on this, and and obviously the proactive step is the the easiest one for them. Maybe not, well, maybe not the easiest, but maybe the best one.
0: So, are these things? Do these things happen on a regular basis? Are they? Would they be described as common, or actually, described?
1: They are common. They just don't get as much attention as, as you know some of the the recent ones because mm-hmm. of the number of vehicles involved and the um, I guess the You know, in this is in Toyota's case right now. I'm thinking that you know there was this strange perception that these cars were somehow safer than other cars, or that you Mm. know, I mean, that's not to say that they're not. It's just it's. Just that there was this this quality perception that was out there that now people are beginning to, to second guess and it's not that they can't come back from this it's just a bunch of bad press right now and that happens right. to anybody with man you know that's going through a safety recall of this mm. magnitude um, you know Ford went through some tough times with the Explorer yeah. you, you mentioned Audi uh, mm-hmm. in the past they they went through some tough times as well um, but it's been a long long time since I've heard anybody mention Audi and um, mm-hmm. what was it. Uh,
0: the um, oh, the Audi 5000 oh,
1: acceleration issue, yeah, right? it had
0: a sticky accel yeah. Or, I, I can't remember exactly how yeah. the lawyers phrased it, but between um, 1982 and 87 or yeah. so, this is back in the 80s, right? Yeah, Audi had this, um, Audi had a recall for the unintended acceleration, That's which it. is probably uh, one of the worst ones you can get. Yeah. I mean, it's not as bad as saying, oh, I have my we accidentally designed the fuel tank in the front bumper. Yeah, exactly. Not
1: not that bad. the the um, The thing about the Audi was too. I had heard that. Now I, I don't remember what the final ruling on all this was, yeah. but I also heard something about the pedals being too close together—the brake mm-hmm. and the gas—and that mm-hmm. some people were hi- inadvertently hitting both. And the one that I guess won the uh, the battle there was the the accelerator versus the brake. Um, yeah. But you know, just to be just to be fair, that's some of the, these all have a second side or another side that you're here. Sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, they, this, manufacturers come back from things like this all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not that Toyota is going to be hurt forever about you know for, right. from this. Right. They're actually doing a good job fixing it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know Ford, they took care of their problem. Audi took care of their mm-hmm. problem. I think it was it Chevrolet a long time ago that had um, the uh, the fuel tanks that were set too close to the side and this, what do they call them, saddlebag fuel tanks or something like that. So they've they've all come back from these things. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, hardly anybody mentions those anymore.
0: Well, let's talk about what happens when somebody actually does get... Um, a notice that they have a safety recall oh okay you um, really
1: it's pretty simple um, right. and that's one of the, the last steps I guess if you if you want to get to that I mean
0: oh like, I can, yeah let's do the first steps let's the, the, do how it happens I, I guess yeah.
1: the, the simplest way to go and we'll go through it real real yeah, yeah. basically but um, I, I won't even talk at length about these but um, basically what happens is somebody discovers a flaw in a vehicle. Okay. Some type of, you know, something that's not right. The citizens, you know, mm-hmm. regular general public mentioned something.
0: Uh, my Monte, let's say hypothetically, on my Monte Carlo, every so often it slips into neutral. Okay, that would be a big deal. That's a huge deal. That isn't. would be. So yeah. I, of course, so I complain so about it, right? Theoretically, you would complain about that. Yeah, if it's a theoretical problem, right? Let's Yeah, it's theoretical. Sure. <laughs> and let's assume that I also theoretically survive. Okay,
1: got it. Yeah. And, uh, well, what you do then, Ben, is you could contact the NHTSA. Okay. And there are three ways that you can contact the NHTSA. They are in our article, so I'm not going to list those out uh, ad nauseum here. You'll have to read. It, exactly. But there's there's basically three ways. You can call. There are a couple of 1-800 numbers. Mm-hmm. You can report the the problem online. You know, via email.
0: Let me guess the last one. Okay. Pumpkin on the doorstep? <laughs> so, yeah, like, flaming bag on the doorstep. Yeah, and like note. a picture of them asleep? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> no, nothing like that. Nothing, okay. No threats. Okay, no uh, threats. But
1: you can send a letter, you know, through the mm-hmm. regular regular mail service. Um, and if enough people report the same issue, um, then you, you may be contacted by an investigator from uh, an office called ODI, which is the Office of Defects Investigation. So an investigator may contact you and, you know, kind of find out what's up. Um, if... If they, after they talk to you, they decide to go into a full-scale investigation, they'll do that. And there's actually four parts of the investigation, which are, again, in the article. You don't need mm-hmm. to hear them here. So after that, you know, four-part investigation that happens, um, then the NHTSA kind of makes a ruling, and they decide what they're going to do, if they're going to recommend a recall or if they're going to, uh, if they're going to uh, pursue it any further. Maybe, right. it, maybe it doesn't warrant that. So mm-hmm. um, that's basically what happens.
0: And that's the process leading up to where it finally impacts the customer, because we we're not quite um, we're not going to go into the detail of how they gauge the threshold, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, but the letter that you will get if you have also owned a Monte Carlo that occasionally just slips into neutral, and you're wondering what's going on, yeah. And maybe you haven't written anybody about it, but you start to hear some things on the news, and then one day, Scott. Well, let's assume you also drive this theoretical Monte Carlo, you receive a notification letter and it's required by the NHTSA to tell you the following things. Describe the defect, um, and they also call a non compliance, hmm. which is interesting. Um, and then describe the risk or the hazards posed by this uh defect, and then a brief description of the solution, the free remedy, including when it'll be available, how long it will it take, and hmm. then uh a description of what you can do if you are unable to have the vehicle fixed within a reasonable time. Okay, so
1: you—it's the next step—is then up to you to contact the dealership or whoever they right. deem uh, the one to contact to set up an appointment to have this taken care of, right?
0: Yeah, that's another reason why uh, recalls are bad press because ultimately, um, at the very safest, they're still pretty inconvenient for the customer. Yeah,
1: that's true. Now I've heard that uh, dealerships often in, in this type of situation will stay open in some cases 24 hours uh around the clock working to get these recalls you know, yeah, taken care of true and also they will do things like um this isn't in every case but sometimes depending on the issue they'll send out mobile service units with technicians right to your doorstep mm-hmm. um and that's in a case where maybe somebody lives too far from a dealership to to easily make it in or mm-hmm. safely make it in maybe in some cases i know that um Oh, you know the Ford GT, the uh, the sports car that Ford made. Yeah. Uh, up until about two, what was it? About 2005, around around there.
0: Yeah, we're getting they old.
1: They made um, th- they made uh this well an awesome sports car. It looked like yeah. the Ford GT 40s from the 60s. Yeah. Um, they had something wrong, an issue with the steering. Um, and they actually told owners now these are 140 thousand dollar cars, 150 thousand that you know sometimes sold for as much as 200 thousand. Yeah. They're telling you not to drive them which is not a big deal because a lot of these owners have more than one vehicle but right. you know you've got a two hundred thousand dollar paperweight in your driveway at this point <laughs> waiting for right. a part to come in but the nice thing that they did they they came to your house and they would pick it up on a on a in a covered transport um and transport it for the repair work to be done and have it returned to you and that's nice and they said they claimed you know white glove service all the way that you know it'd be you know very carefully handled the entire the entire way yeah. um so i'm sure that you know the that bought some, uh, I don't know, brownie points, I guess, on, on their side that, you know, the way they handled it was was uh,
0: exceptional. It definitely is an opportunity sometimes because I, I feel that I have to say this in defense of the car companies. And, you know, usually I'm all for the underdogs, which in this case really is the consumer because they don't know about this when they buy the vehicle. Mm-hmm. But in defense of the car companies, you know, it, it does say something very, uh, very positive about each company and the level of quality they have like we remember automotive recalls because they are such anomalies you know mm-hmm. we never hear about the hundreds of millions of times that something is working exactly as it was designed yeah to. exactly
1: you hear about the bad stuff you don't mm-hmm. hear about the good stuff necessarily as much as you would the bad stuff mm-hmm. so uh, that's what sticks out in your mind but yeah. um i don't know overall like you said it's it can be a good opportunity and mm-hmm. uh, it just depends on how the manufacturer handles
0: it i'm just gonna go out and finally and i'll say it. i know we might get some complaints for this scott but when it comes to quality of uh manufacturing give me the auto industry over cell phone industry any day i'm sorry man i've gone really? through yes i've gone through like 3 in okay. the past 6 on months on the
1: opposite side of that yeah i've had the same cell phone for 3 years doesn't have a camera doesn't have anything it looks like uh, looks yeah. like you know uh, i don't know my first cell phone like you know sony's my first walkman type <laughs> stuff you know it's it's big and goofy looking but it's you know, your oshkosh it's, it's, cell it's exactly it's my <laughs> granimals cell phone um it, that's for the old timers out there yeah granimals anyways the, uh, the um my phone's lasted forever and i don't uh, i don't see any problems with it at all that's awesome yeah i know yeah so that's just the opposite side of the coin there
0: Yeah, well, I guess that's all I've got. Eh, Me too. All right, well, uh, as we say, I guess that about wraps it up for us here today. I hope that we've given you a little bit more information about automotive recalls, what they are, how they work, how they work with you. That sounded kind of good, huh? That sounded all right, Scott. That sounds fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then if you just are dying for more information, you know what you should do? You know what they should do, Scott?
1: I'm going to guess go to our website.
0: That's oh, you're yeah, good. Get yeah. out of my head. Yeah. yeah, they should go. They should go check out uh, an article by our own Scott Benjamin. And in the meantime, if you have any questions about that or other topics, please send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com
0: homepage. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an
1: elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fairs. Discover more at viking.com.
0: You know, it can be
1: hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through.